podcast for life. Hi. <laughs> Greatest opening in the history of opening. <laughs> no, it was even better because I started recording in the middle of my indecisive groan. Um, <laughs> welcome, everybody. Uh, if you're still, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's this noise your soul makes. This is the worst opening in the history of openings (laughs) ever. I guarantee it. It's the noise your soul makes Uh, when the operator asks you what your emergency emergency. is. Uh, Uh, Welcome to Sub Nerds Have a Podcast. I'm Nick. I'm Elise. And I'm Alex. And I'm here now. Yay. Um, So we're starting recording a little bit late tonight and we kind of want us to stop a little early. So this is probably going to be a short episode. Watch this be the four-hour one. This is the one. We find something to just talk about. Like, this is the episode where Alex and I, like, start fighting each other. Like... <laughs> I'm just, like, crying. Like, you guys are such good friends. And we're not even <laughs> arguing about nerd stuff. No, 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 no. no. We're, just, just we're arguing right. about which side of the Republican side we'd support in the Spanish Civil War. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, are you the anarchist? Are you the social? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're 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 like we're gonna be like one of the three like Trotskyite parties in France. <laughs> no, no, Trotsky betrayed the revolution. Oh no, 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 they're all Trotskyite parties. <laughs> you don't understand. There are three Trotskyite parties in France, and each one of them is wrong. Yeah. I'm get more drunk. <laughs> this is, this is too much. Okay. Anyway, um, so we yeah we don't have I don't know. There, no, we have an agenda. Stop pretending like we don't well, have an agenda. Well, let's say we don't have an agenda, but most of what I feel like you and I have to talk about this week was already on that special episode that yes. we uh, posted. Our the, emergency PSA. Our, our emergency PSA the, about how much we hit it in The War. most unpopular opinions I, I've seen. You know what? Apparently, no one agrees with us. I don't care. Everyone not, else loved it. I'm not I got into an it. argument with one of my friends last night about, like, she loved it. I, I, and then tried to like take down all of my criticisms, and I just had to double down. I I literally went in. I feel like this is is needs to be said. I literally went into this movie with zero expectations. I I was, I was not expecting the world. You thought it would be an I, incomprehensible mess. I did not think it would be an incomprehensible mess, and I think that's why I hated it. Yeah. Um. Because I was. We compl- set the bar so high. I, I set the bar so high by saying that would probably be a movie. Um. I don't know. I, I, I guess that my the bar that I was setting was around Civil War, which I did not think was a, the, the best Marvel movie, but it's not the worst like, Marvel we movie. We weren't at fucking Thor Ragnarok levels. Yeah, yeah. Like, we weren't expecting it to be I wasn't expecting like, that. Homecoming. I wasn't expecting Black Panther. Right? I was just, I was expecting it to be okay. Um, And it just, it, it I don't know. I, I, I still... feel like we just need to 30 second recap. Yes, we still hate it. Mm-hmm. We may have softened a little bit but I, not really I, I haven't really softened on my opinion on the movie but i understand why other people like it yeah um we've grown in our empathy since saturday simply because i the all of the really positive reviews that i've seen from people i was not expecting to see positive reviews like from red letter media. like red letter media is kind of the big example and your movie sucks mm-hmm. um both of them basically said oh i wasn't expecting anything good from this movie i was expecting it to be an incomprehensible mess I was not expecting it to be incomprehensible. I was expecting it to be a complete story, even though I knew it was going to be, you know, first half of a two-part movie. And I feel like I didn't get a complete story. Um, And that was really my big problem with it is because it ends right around where the halfway mark for a movie should be, which I guess if you're setting out to make a two-part movie kind of makes sense. But my counterpoint to that is, is 
all of the Lord of the Rings movies were filmed at the same time, and none of them feel like a third of a movie. Yeah, but yeah. the Hobbit films do. Okay, but the Hobbit films also suck for the same reason. <laughs> yeah. No, the Hobbit films Don't are... drop the Hobbit yeah. films out as if that's something that's going to make me make me soften on this. I didn't say it would. I'm just saying that these things happen. Yeah. Uh... But I, I don't know. I, I get it if, if, like, if you're someone who's going to love everything that Marvel puts out, or if you're someone who is going to hate everything that Marvel puts out and has really low expectations. I And I think that's probably most of the movie going public falls into one of those two camps. Uh, eh, I'm very much, eh. I'm very ambivalent towards Marvel. Um, I love their movies, like when they're really solid, good movies, but I hate them when they like turn into products. And I feel like that's what this movie was. It was a product. I mean, more than any other movie that they've made. They're all like that, but they are, but to to a lesser extent, I feel than this. The biggest problem I have is it's it's such a the entire cinematic universe as a whole is so what they call continuity locked. Yes, in that you know, if anyone wanted to start watching now, you'd have to watch like. Eight hours of other film, and, and that was. And did, I'm sure you listened. Yeah, to I had while, to listen to it yeah. while we were while we were ranting. No, eight yeah. hours is like generous. Yeah, yeah. like like that's it's it's really in the like twenty hour yeah. film and, range because and, it's there's so so thirteen movies total. Yeah, okay. I don't want to like dedicate movie. like a lot of time to this. Yeah, because we have, like, we've we've made ourselves perfectly clear you, about how and how and why we feel about it. just listen to our emergency PSA: unpopular opinions on Avengers: Infinity Wars. Um, if you really want to get our scoop, like, yeah, go go listen to another episode but, that we did. I apologize ahead of time for the cursing. There was a lot of cursing. It's fine. We were Actually, really like, angry. Somebody, like, commented, we, like, they went and listened to our podcast. And it was somebody I used to go to church with. And I felt, like, immediately, like, <laughs> super bad. So if you're listening to this episode, I once again apologize so hard. Oh, that yeah. we were so angry that we the, just... Like it was nonstop. The cursing, cursing the cursing will the never go minutes. away it, on it this won't. podcast. No, I mean every single one of these is labeled explicit, yeah. so they know what they're getting they into. It's listed there. Uh, my, I, my my only my only thing is like with what I was talking about, yeah. like the continuity lockout. If any other thing were to do this, it would be considered kind of despised yeah. but like why can marvel get away with um it? i think marvel can get away with it because like everyone is seeing all of the movies that it's actually also, matter they soften it? their own blows yeah i think is the real reason why they can get away with this and is because of the fact that like they make a huge deal about when the next movies are going to yeah. drop so it's like you know the next spider-man movie is coming out in 2019 so you know that spider-man isn't really dead yeah you know, and mm-hmm. that's, and that, spoiler which is alert. also, spoiler, oh, yeah, whatever, what, I don't fucking care, and neither should you, but, um, but so, and, and we talk about that also, too, on the emergency PSA, it's just about how they, they undercut and soften the own, their own blows of what they're kind of going for, for their, like, emotional climax, yeah, by advertising their timeline of movies. Which is what I mean when I say that this more than any other movie is a product. Gotcha. Yeah. I'm I'm just I'm just also thinking that like maybe this is just a thing with comics in general. It is, but where uh, it's like you have decades of backstory. Look, okay, and baggage. they're just it's first of all, it is a soap opera in latex. Can, can the can the resident okay. comic book person <laughs> jump in it. to yeah, explain yeah, yeah. this? Okay. As I as I commented on in that episode, and this is probably where we we should end it and move on okay. to a new topic. Right. But I, I do want to say this. That 
every comic should be seen as someone's first. Like everyone should be able to jump into any comic at any point and be able to get a general gist of what's going on and then kind of take it from there. And then like, there might be some little things where it's like, oh, if this is a big deal, oh, true believers look for uh, amazing Spider-Man number 56 to see what the word of the hell we're talking about here. Like, okay, maybe you get that, but that's what like wiki pages are for and things like that. And, and that's fine. Um, but my big problem but the with the marvel cinematic universe the movies that i think succeed are the ones where you can jump in without literally any background knowledge and still get an entertaining movie out of it mm-hmm. which the guardians of the galaxy is that movie um black panther is that movie um pretty much any of the captain america movies except for maybe civil war you can jump in mm-hmm. but even then most of that stuff, like, I still haven't seen the second Captain America movie, and I watched Civil War and could understand what was going on. I totally forgot. Like, the, the Winter Soldier is so forgettable. I think that I, that's only thing that's surprised because that's know, supposed to be one of the better ones. I, see, like, I thought it was super forgettable. Okay. And, like, the only thing that I got out of that was, like, Bucky Barnes's back. I mean, it depends, I suppose, and, and that is another thing, is it depends on the kind of movies that you actually like. Like, right. I like spy thrillers, so I would probably really like Winter Soldier, because that's the right. kind of movie that it is. right. Um, like I like the goofy space comedies, mm-hmm. and so that's why like I Guardians love of Guardians of the Galaxy, and I love Thor, Thor Ragnarok. Ragnarok. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. absolutely. And I also like, I love endearing coming of age stories, which is another reason what kind of why Spider-Man I like Homecoming, and also to a certain extent Black Panther. Yeah, um, because it is about like him coming of coming into, coming his, into own. his own. It's it's um, it's the, the Lion King the... just with a different cat. <laughs> um, no, it's the Panther King. The Panther King. It. And that really was my big problem with it is that any of the movies that I consider to be really good movies, like this could be a jumping on point for someone who has missed the last decade of movies. Yeah. Like me. Like like Alex. Right. Yeah. Like you could have you seen Guardians of the Galaxy? Either I have one? seen the first oh, one, not the first the one. one. All right. Uh, have you seen Thor Ragnarok? I have not. Okay, have you seen any of the Thor movies? Uh, I saw the very first okay. one. Okay, you could jump into Thor Ragnarok. Like like Thor the Dark World accomplishes literally nothing. Okay. Um I, except for maybe is that where I don't know, Natalie Portman kind of gets drummed out of that series then, but maybe not. I, I don't it, remember. That is another movie that I saw in theaters and don't remember. I, whatever, whatever I owned it on Blu-ray. I watched it once and I think I slept through most. Of whatever it. happened to Hawkeye and and um, they get a throwaway line. Uh, Ant Man. Oh, so here's the bonker. Th- Oh, you were asking specifically about, about Hawkeye? Hawkeye. Yeah, like Hawkeye got a, he gets arrested at the end of Civil War along with like a half a dozen other people, but then they have a throwaway line in Infinity War saying he's like put on house arrest, but he he, like laying low he took or like a plea deal and now is like laying low. Okay, because like house arrest was too hard on his family. Okay, um, that was like a thing. Or I was gonna say, um, oh shit, now I lost my train of thought. Sorry, anyway, let's move on from um, this. We should probably I, move I, on for this. Um, so yeah, so that basically all of that to say that we, that's still the big thing that's kind of dominating my mind in terms of like pop culture yeah. in these last few weeks. That in the same anime series that we were talking about last week, so. Same my Hero Aka. Let's talk still, about My yeah. Hero Academia. Yeah, so Alex started watching uh, My yeah. Hero Academia, so yeah. Alex, what do so you think? So not to be too repetitive, which we, it's too late, this whole thing is going to be yeah. yeah, this is going to be a this, like This entire episode is derivative. Welcome to a clip show. Anyway. <laughs> do you remember when we watched that? <laughs> clip shows? Yeah. 
I don't remember clip shows. We're not going to watch that. (laughs) Hey, you remember when we watched that? Oh, my God. Shut up. (laughs) Okay, sorry. Alex, Alex, what did you think? Our top eight clip shows. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay, so obviously number one with the bullet is the the Simpsons episode hosted by Troy McClure. Uh, Like the 338th episode spectacular or whatever it was. Yeah, that one's obviously the best. Okay. Alex, anyway, what do you think about your... My hero. What did you think of My Hero Academia clip show? You haven't gotten that far uh, yet. No, I haven't gotten to the clip show yet. Um, I watched the first season and, like, the first two, one episode of season two. Mm-hmm. Um, there was, like, a, a, a episode, what, what, like, 17.5 or something like that that's kind of a bridge the gap between the two seasons. Anyway, what did I think of it? Uh, it's on Crunchyroll. Okay. Uh, anyway, uh, what did I think of it? I think basically everything that you guys said was pretty on point i liked it a lot okay um i'm still enjoying it i do enjoy the fact that most of the characters are pretty damn relatable mm-hmm. um like uh you know you have the hero that's a genuine genuinely good person mm-hmm. yeah um what what else what else is there to say really yeah it's it's just a really <laughs> solid show it's yeah. really really good I mean, the, oh, I did want to say one thing. Like, they keep talking about it. Like, every time they introduce the whole plot points, they say, like, 80% of the world's population. Yeah. 20% of the world's population not having it is still a significant number. Yeah. Like, there's, like, I'm I'm Jewish. There's a 3% Jewish population in, in the United States of America. I can still find Jews that I do not know. Yeah. It's not like you can go in the entire city and you are the only person without a, without right. a quirk. Right, but it's, it's got more to do with the fact that it's, like... He he's a he's an outsider. Like he's bullied for it. Like I, I was gonna say, I think it, I think. Sorry. You have a point. Yes. Yeah. Um, I think it's also supposed to be kind of his own perceptions of his differences, mm-hmm. because as Nick pointed out, he um, is bullied for it. But moreover, it's kind of his own internalized outsider feelings. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think it's supposed to get at his very, like, he's a middle... Like, when you first meet um, Deku or Midoriya, he's a middle schooler. And so I think it's supposed to kind of just exasperate those sort of awkward feelings of yeah. being a middle schooler. I suppose. But are also the rest of the 20% of the world population also bullied? Uh, well, let's put it like this, Alex. <laughs> yes. R- roughly, I mean, I, this is probably not the correct information because there hasn't really been any decent study of this but let's let's use the commonly cited statistic that 10 percent of the human population is homosexual okay kids are still bullied for being gay that's fair right okay like it's it's not that big of a difference in terms of the population well, and it's also you know 20 percent. so they kind of make a reference later on in the series i don't know if you've gotten to this part um i don't know if i should dump a huge spoiler here I, don't I mean, even you know what you're talking you about. You were right spoiling now. it last time right, we talked about spoil, it. So. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert for my hero, Akka. Uh, All Might was also born quirkless. Oh, yeah, that's right. So, which, which, when it got to that, it was like, I didn't even think of it as a spoiler because Elisa yeah. and I were kind of talking about this when we watched it. It was like, was that not established before? I, I guess mean, like, it, it wasn't. Seemed, it felt really obvious. I mean, it, it makes sense. And I, yeah. I, I didn't. I hadn't really cons- like I had kind of thought in the so, back of my head because like he never uses anything right. else yeah. than all for so one. He, um, or one for so he so when he uh, kind of comes out I guess for lack of a better term as having been quirkless one of the things that he says is it was uncommon but not nearly as uncommon as it is now 
to be quirkless. So that kind of leads you to believe that this sort of quirklessness has kind of got a half-life. Yeah. Like it's uh, decreasing as generations go on. I see. So that 20% Most of them are old people. Mostly heavily weighted people. Yeah, towards an older population. Oh, okay, I, that makes more sense. You know, now. whereas maybe like Deku's generation is it could be like in the 10 to 5%. And, and certainly what we see of everyone, like everyone else in his middle school class mm-hmm. has right. power. Except and that's right. probably like a, a classroom of 20 and he's like one out of 20. So that leads it to being more of like a 5%. Yeah. That makes a lot more sense. I had not thought about that. Yeah. I had thought it was 80% of the, like a cross-section of the entire population. Yeah. But no, no. That, that does make more sense. But yeah. that's not how statistics work. No. no. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm a huge math nerd. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going <laughs> to throw that out there. But, um, so yeah, I mean, it's a really solid show. Really good. Yeah. Um, any Anything else you want to talk about with it? Um, Anything that, like, we didn't talk about? Uh... The on a scale of one to ten, how much do you love Mr. Ayazawa? <sighs> one being he's pretty great, and ten being he's the best person he's the, ever. He's he's the best boy. Um, <laughs> five. <laughs> I, so still totally okay. awesome. All right, all right. I, I feel like the because I I remember the first episode where he shows up. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna hate this character. Yeah. And yeah. like now at this point, I'm like, I want to be him. <laughs> This is who I want to be when I grow up. This is who I want to be when I grow up. Like I said, I'm only on like the first episode of season two. So like he's still wrapped in bandages and like, yeah, 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 yeah. that's true. Um, His, his actions during the attack on the, uh, what is it? The, 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 the the UAF. Yeah. The, uh, UAJ. Yeah. That's the US. US Whatever. Yeah. USJ. (laughs) Whatever it's acronymed is, uh, his actions during that are commendable and do bring about his character more. Yeah. Um, but the yeah. more you see him in action, the more it's. Mm-hmm. So if you've ever worked with children, there is like a super relatable moment in um, season three when the kids they're all going to they're all going to go to summer camp together, which is like a training camp, and like Mr. Ayazawa keeps saying like, "It's going to be hard, like this is going to be the worst week of your life," and all the kids are like, "Camp, camp, camp, camp," and he's like. No, you don't understand. It's going to be really difficult. Yeah, we're gonna You're like going to be work. very upset. You're going to have to work. And all the kids are like, camp, s'mores, fireworks. Well, then they need to call it and something then, other than camp. Because clearly that word like, has connotations. And then at the end, they're just like, he's like, well, there's the camp. I'm dropping you off here. Hopefully it's 9 a.m. If you make it before 1230, we'll feed you. Bye. And the kids are like, oh, shit, this is going to be hard. And you're just like. Motherfuckers. <laughs> He's been you, saying this for days. Did you ever listen to him and the things that he said? And it just. It's very. Man, it is super real. It yeah. is too real. <laughs> um, but yeah, Mr. Eyes always great. Um, also, he's named after one of my favorite movies, so, you know. Eraserhead. Eraserhead. No. Uh, There's a lot of references to other, like, Western yeah. media. and. Of course there is. It's a superhero yeah. show. There's got to be. So, I mean. Yeah. Oh, so no, no. Uh, are you guys watching it in the English dub or the we subtitle? We started it with English dub, um, and then about halfway through season two, they only had subtitled versions for where we were watching it on Hulu. Okay. Um, so basically, it was like, well, we can either wait for the subtitle for the dub versions to keep coming out, or we can just watch the subs. And so we just moved over to the subtitled versions. Okay. Um. Okay. But you've been watching it on Crunchy. I've been right? watching it completely subtitled. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I was just wondering if if the if the acting was any different or better, um, it's really it's it's kind of it's amazing. It's spot on because yeah, okay. the, the voices are very consistent across the two. Yeah. Um, 
I'm trying to remember if there was any, like there might've been one or two where it's like, oh, that's a different voice. But I feel like they're very, mm-hmm. they do a very good job of, of the English yeah. uh, the, actors. Does the it... main villain with the hands all over him, I always forget him, but his, his quirk is... Um, Decay. Decay. Um, I feel like his voice is like... It's a little different. A little different. <laughs> and the way he speaks is slightly, like I think they play up more that he makes a lot of video game references mm-hmm. in the dubbed version than in the subtitled version. But okay. I, I think that's probably it okay uh the reason there are a couple reasons i ask one is that in the subtitled version i noticed there's a lot of gratuitous english for the powers oh yeah yeah yeah, like, yeah, like yeah, yeah. detroit no, smash yeah detroit okay smash. oh um, my god detroit, also, delaware, the detroit smash. delaware smash is clearly written was clearly cl- created by somebody who never actually has been to delaware <laughs> um there's also like a new hampshire smash and you're just like New Hampshire. I, I I just I just love that that he's like because he's he's Superman. Of course he's gonna have like stupid like hokey yeah. American Middle America kind of shit. But it's just. But it's, it's not even Middle Middle, middle America. America. No, he's, like two of the places are like Northeast. And there's yeah. Texas. Well, but I mean oh, like awesome. I mean like places that people think of when they think of America. And New Hampshire. It, they don't think of Virginia when they think of America. I, I mean, not in other countries. Oh, okay. They think of Delaware because of washing and crossing the Delaware River is like one of the most famous paintings in the world, probably. Um, they think of New Hampshire because I don't know. Why would anyone no think about New Hampshire? Hampshire? I don't know. <laughs> not not. If they have a primary there. I guess if you know literally anything about American politics, New Iowa Hampshire comes and up. New Hampshire. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, the other thing I wanted to ask about that was oh god, what was it? Uh, stall for me. I had an I idea. Uh, um, who's who's uh, best girl? Oh, that was Froppy. Froppy's best girl. Yeah, so about... Froppy. I mean, obviously it's supposed to be Uraraka, but, but I just... Froppy. I love Froppy. It's Froppy. Yeah. Um, at one point, like, she she keeps insisting that Deku, or whatever his name is, Midori, Midori, yeah. call her something, like, Tsu? Su. 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 So it translates in the English dub to, to S-U-E. S-U-E, okay. And then in the subtitled, it's T-S-U. Okay, yeah, so... So it's like, Tsu. Um, what is that like is that just a shortened version of her racial name that's her name? first yeah. name okay yeah okay. shortened version of her because like every time she tells him to say it he gets like super embarrassed and i didn't know if there was some kind of joke that didn't I, go I, maybe well. maybe i don't know yeah. if there is i'm not picking up on it okay yeah. but yeah no no she's she's pretty good um the i can't remember her name but the invisible girl mm-hmm. like i don't oh, know yeah, yeah. 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 yeah it's like I don't know anything about her, but she's invisible. That's pretty cool. And that's and that's a lot of the characters. And you learn more about them in season two. Yeah. Um, and then season three is where you really start to get like, okay, this is who the characters are. Like the entire first half of season two, that with the um the tournament, mm-hmm. like it's just okay, guys. Now it's time to pick your favorite characters. Yeah. Okay. So we're gonna see all these characters do something cool. Okay. So yeah, no. By the end of it, 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 there's like one or two that really don't get a whole lot of development in that one. Um, But then by season three, they're like, "Oh, we forgot to tell you actually what this guy does. Here, here's what this guy does. (laughs) Okay, he's the last one. Yeah, (laughs) he does something that's actually pretty neat, and it makes him super endearing. Okay, but you won't find out about until season three. Yeah, (laughs) for reasons that I still don't completely understand. That's probably better better uh, developed in the manga, but quite possibly, quite possibly. There's there, but yeah, there's like a million characters, and so it's like like every shoujo anime, it's like. Okay, now they're all going to fight each other so you can pick which one's the best. Yeah. <laughs> which one's your favorite? Go. And I like that they don't have Midoriya winning everything all yeah. the time. 
Yeah. Um, like he wins when it's important. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but but even in losing, he like, and that's like a big theme of the of the story is that like even in his losing, he loses in such a way that the person who beats him like develops as a character. So like again, that we kind of mentioned it last time, but like the fight between Midoriya and Todoroki and the um in, in season two, in the season two is mm. very. It like oh well it, it, I will this, have to get to that yeah then. it's it's good yeah. <laughs> like have you found out have you found out who um, Todoroki's father is yet no like okay. I said I'm only first okay. episode okay. into season I two. couldn't remember how early we found out about it so no. what we've talked about is what's her name brown hair Uraka Uraka yeah, yeah. Uh, her backstory and motivation yeah yeah so like there will be a little bit of that from just about all the supporting cast in okay. season two that's good that's um good. and like. Todoroki is probably the one who comes out of it like, oh shit, he's really interesting. Yeah. And um, uh, Dark Shadow, uh, what's his name? Uh, Tokoyami. Also, Tokoyama. Is that the bird-headed yeah. guy? Yeah, yeah. Okay. that's the bird-headed guy. He's fucking cool. <laughs> I like him a lot. All right. Um, but yeah, they, they get some pretty interesting development um, in season two. And like, yeah, it's 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 just a really good show. Really solid. Um, nothing terribly like and it does the formula incredibly well like for what it is yeah. it's very formulaic but like it just it just nails that formula and like subverts it at important moments to oh, make good. it just interesting enough mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. that it's not just you know boruto's dad but green <laughs> um uh so so yeah um one more thing last like i think it was a couple of D&D nights ago, mm-hmm. you guys asked me a question, or asked the group a question, what would your quirk be? Okay. Yeah. Uh, I still don't have a good answer. At least keeps asking it. I have no idea. Uh, mine, mine is what I said then, which is whatever it is, I can't decide. Someone else has to choose for me. Okay. So. <laughs> I mean, that literally is what your quirk would be. Yeah. <laughs> That's literally what everyone's quirk would be. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah. So if you haven't been watching it, uh, Crunchyroll is free. Uh, you might be a week behind. If you have Hulu, it's on Hulu. First season and a half is subti- is dubbed in English. The rest of it is on there subtitled. Up apparently through the most recent episode. Apparently the first six episodes of season three are dubbed in Funimation. Funimation. I don't know if you have to pay for that one. Because I, I looked into it, and it's like, you can get a free, sub- like a free account, but then like... There's also a pay account, and I don't know what the difference is. Okay. I was subscribed to Funimation for a little bit, and it's like a free month trial that I took. Okay. And then yeah. you, so if you so, if you can watch it all in that amount of time, then you should be good. Oh, we, we can make should, it happen. We should maybe well maybe what we'll, let's wait for all of season three to come out. Yeah. And then we'll maybe do that. We'll see. Um. I don't know. Yeah, man, the plethora of like streaming services. It was really interesting. We were watching uh, your mother's basement, mother's um, basement, our mother's basement, on um, YouTube. YouTube, and he is this like anime uh, critic, and he does a bunch of videos. And one of the videos he was talking about was like people apparently being upset with like Netflix and Hulu. Um, no, and Netflix and Amazon. Netflix and Amazon, and like how they're like ruining anime because you can see all of it all at once. And I'm just like, there are so many, there's, there is a plethora of streaming services Mm. that like none of us, well, maybe you, Alex, but like Nick and I did not have access to in high school when we were both like starting to come into anime, like late middle school or Mm -hmm. high school. 
like which was like oh god this is the early aughts yeah and so like here buy volume two of this ova on vhs and not be able to find the rest there's like there was no (laughs) pay 35 dollars for it please you get three episodes you could either you could either spend like an insane amount of money and like you had to go to like you had to spend money to go to anime conventions you had to spend money to stay at the hotel then you had to go to the dealer's room and drop like I probably dropped easily over $100 to get just the first two story arcs of Utena on DVD. And, like, you know, or you had, like, a friend who would, you know, like, pirate fan subs for you. Mm-hmm. You know, if you were really lucky. Yeah. I mean, it was so hard to find stuff legally. Oh, yeah. And then to find stuff in its entirety. And then so, like, all these people who were apparently complaining, like, we don't get to watch it at the same time as Japan does. And I'm just like, I don't, what? Like, I'm not, like, I feel like I'm 28 and I'm like, I feel like an anime old timer. Um, oh, Cause I'm just like, old, why old, the hell are you people? Like, old talk back of, in my day. Yeah. Although, you know. I mean, there is some advantages to that because again, I now that I'm back in anime, I, I've discovered that unless you're willing to spend like over $200 for the box set that I spent like $70 on back at a a convention, the last anime convention I went to many years ago, you cannot legally purchase Neon Genesis Evangelion here in the United States. Which is kind of crazy because it's a seminal seminal series. So in in more ways than one, those of you who have seen Evangelion, end of Evangelion know what I'm talking about. Oh, I'm so fucked up. Congratulations. Uh. <laughs> but um, but no, you guys keep 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 using the word legally. Yeah, that's, that's true. you know when you guys were were in the high schools. Then there was when I was in the high school, in which legality is. Yeah. We've got those Bulgarian no, sites. We had those Bulgarian <laughs> right. sites too. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. They, they were there were definitely they were definitely. Uh, I mean, there's like CDRWs that I was aware <laughs> oh, of that yeah. that had yeah. QuickTime files. Oh my god, I like, had I had like several series exclusively on CD. Not not that to was, admit to illegal yeah. activity. I mean, no, 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 no. Yeah. I'm just saying. I knew some people who the first time they watched Evangelion, it was on a window about like. <laughs> One inch by two yeah. inches, <laughs> and it, you couldn't read the subtitles, and everything was pixelated all the time. Or hell. like you would go to an anime club, like yeah. that's my sibling went to an anime club at their college, and so then, like I ended up watching a lot of stuff because you know they would. Or you go to a convention yeah. and spend the entire time in the video room. Right. Yeah. Hey guys, we got the latest episode of Stalkers playing at yeah. uh, <laughs> playing at midnight tonight in uh, panel room three. Oh my god, though, like I totally, you know, I went to a lot of Katsucons, and Katsucon had the twenty four hour video room, yeah, so no. they had like three of them. All of the anime cons that they I do. ever went to had twenty four hour video rooms. And so, like, I remember, like, you would go, you'd take like a nap at like midnight, and you'd wake up at two, so that way you could go see something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That you otherwise did I not totally have did access that. to. I actually the, the the stupidest thing that I did that for. Yeah. Um, wasn't even an anime, but it was at an anime convention. Uh, um, there was a Metal Gear Solid fan film. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that I think was premiering at like midnight or like maybe twelve thirty in the morning. Yeah. And I like went to, totally went exactly what you said. Went to the hotel room, took a nap, got up, went to go watch it. Yeah. <laughs> and I bought it on DVD. I have it in my collection. Which one day. is that one? Um, it's what? What the fuck is it called? Um, is it Metal Gear Philanthropy? No, it's okay. not Philanthropy. It is um. It is just a retelling of Metal Gear Solid. Oh, okay. I think it's called Project Snake. Okay. Um, it's it's pretty dumb. 
Uh, but it's it's also it was also hilarious. Um, I don't know. We should we should maybe watch it yeah. sometime. I That'd also cool. they also have the the their Silent Hill. There's a there was a company that did a whole bunch of these. They did a Silent Hill one called Silent Horror that I also own, and a River City Rampage one that's actually probably their best um, called River City Rumble. That one was pretty great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I like Project Snake a lot. Uh-huh. Um, I I've watched it many many times. Well, um, I'll have to, to check that out at some point because, you know, love me is that Metal Gear. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I'm going to probably this, you know, maybe this summer sometime do a full replay of, of Metal Gear Solid and make Elise suffer through it with me so yeah. that so that we can talk about it on the podcast. Do you think love can bloom even on, on, on the, the battlefield? battlefield. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah. I was actually, I was, I happened to be looking at a map of the world today and I saw the Fox Islands. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, just like my eyes rested on it and I was like, oh yeah, in the darkness of Shadow Moses. Back in, back in the distant past of 2003. 2000, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's right. God, we're now living in the, uh, I think next year is when Metal Gear Solid 4 was supposed to have happened or was it is I it this thought year? it was a couple years ago. Might have been a couple years ago. Yeah. I thought it was uh, no 2019 is Blade Runner. That's right. Okay. Um. But yeah, yeah. Living in that. Uh. I don't. Know, honestly, the future that Metal Gear Solid Four imagined is not that far off from the present we're actually living in. Yeah. I was about to make a joke, and then I realized that no, we are actually living in the war economy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Metal Gear Solid is a really good, pretty good video game series, guys. You should play it. Don't play Survive. Play all the other ones. Don't play the Pachinko machines. Don't play the Pachinko machines. <laughs> Um, unless you do, unless you do, let us that's know. fine. I mean, plenty, if you can only experience Metal Gear Solid Three one way, and it's a pachinko machine, I guess it's better than not getting Metal Gear Solid Three <laughs> at all. Just watch someone let's play it on yeah. YouTube. Yeah, watch someone let's play the pachinko machine. <laughs> hey, that'll be good. Hey guys, we're on episode thirty-four of the pachinko parlor. <laughs> I feel like this is an untapped market for us. I think that we could probably get Let's playing pachinko. Let's play machinko machines. If we just if watch we had us a gamble. Patreon, if we had a Patreon, that was that could be like one thing you guys have pay us Patreon. to gamble. Pay, and we'll pay show us to you. fly to Japan to gamble on video games, <laughs> and we'll show it to you in audio format. <laughs> oh no, we can get a YouTube channel up for that. It'll be fine. <laughs> Look up under how to scam people. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this is all a scam. The uh, internet's anyway. a scam. Um, the internet's a series of two. It's a series. Of, it's not just a big truck. Oh you can't God. just dump something Jesus on it. Jesus Christ. Okay. <laughs> okay. Ten-year-old. It's meme watch. <laughs> ten-year-old memes. Let's go. What are your they, favorite ten-year-old they're, memes? They're aged to a fine wine. <laughs> <laughs> memes and cheeses. I'm going to get more, more, more booze. More booze. <laughs> more booze. Uh, <laughs> Okay. So, so yeah, speaking of memes, the um, there's a Facebook group I have of friends from my work called The Meme Team. Yes. And we, we just basically use that to share a bunch of memes. And usually it's it's the hottest, freshest, newest stuff on the market. Dankest of memes. The dankest of memes. But sometimes I throw in some meme-stalgia <laughs> and for them to, to especially some, some of the younger members. Some, some lolcats. <laughs> some lolcats. Can, can I has cheeseburger? <laughs> Uh, uh, the the unironic era of memes. Oh yeah. Well, was it unironic? I feel like there was just different layers of irony. <laughs> I don't think we ever did these I mean, unironically. I mean, did we? The way so like the good people of Reddit, who you know, being the good people of Reddit, have decided to categorize meme history. <laughs> 
and so is this better or worse than the meme economy i feel this like it's better. better this is better than the meme economy because the meme economy is trying to commodify these things whereas meme history is Memes trying to understand changed. it id id tagged <laughs> id tagged memes, memes. Oh, that God. won't operate no like like the fucking meme economy people i knew a guy in college who was all into that shit and like had a file full of pepes it was just weird. Folders full of Pepe's. Folders full of Pepe's. But no, the the meme historians have divided it basically into the the uh, unironic era, which they kind of categorize as like 2008 to 2010, 2011-ish. Mm-hmm. The ironic era, which is like 2011 to 2015-ish. And then the mm-hmm. post-ironic era, which is like 2015 to now. So that's all the ones where like everything is just like distorted. Exactly. It's distorted. <laughs> it's like all self-recursive. Yeah. It's like every meme is referential to 17 others. This, and this is how the world ends. It's like you, you like. There's one of the memes out there that's like you laugh at something, but that your friend asks you what it is, but then you realize you have to go into a history of yeah, all yeah, these yeah. other referential memes that it's referring you, you, to. You pull out the the big book of memes. Yeah. The huge tome that you keep next to your computer. Absolutely. Bound in leather and inked in blood. Like after the apocalypse, we'll have to tell our great great grandchildren about what the world was like mm. and they'll have to understand what memes are yeah yeah and we need people that are dedicated to teaching its history in the here and now uh okay so what the fuck got us on this conversation <laughs> metal gear and metal memes. gear memes nano machines son <laughs> um so yeah probably probably gonna do some metal gear talking about metal gear sometime in the near future because it's been too long since i've played through the series mm-hmm. i probably won't play through four because fuck that game um but unless Elise really wants to find out what happens, uh, nano machines. <laughs> we will probably play uh, uh, Metal Gear Rising: Revengeance because that's a fucking great game. Yeah. Uh, so what else? What else have we been up to? Uh, I did finally watch Love Witch. Elise, you want to talk about Love Witch? I don't even know what to say about Love Witch. About Love Witch. I thought it you were was... all raring to go on Love Witch. She, yeah, well, she wanted... Like, I was, and now I feel like I feel like Infinity Wars, like, all of my ire at, at media was just taken away by Avengers Infinity Wars. See, I'll, well, here, I'll start us off by talking about... I, I actually like this movie. Did you? Yeah, I did. Um, so, I, let's have a slight recap for okay. those who... Okay. We referenced this, like, two episodes ago. Yeah. Right. So, like, it was, so, like, a month ago at this point. Yeah. I finally got around to watching it yesterday. <laughs> All um, right. So what is The Love Witch? The Love Witch came out in 2017. It's, 16. Or, excuse me, 2016. Um, it's filmed in the style of a 1970s exploitation film. So it's a lot of, like, pastels. Like, film. A lot Very- of, like... A lot yeah. of like classic 1960s eye lighting. Like if you watch um, Star Trek, the original Star Trek series, like the way that they light Captain Kirk when it's dramatic, a lot of that. Yeah. Um, really bright colors, like really like like very high contrast colors. Shot yeah. on film. And Shot on film. Yeah. I was actually I and this is gonna be me being film nerd. I was watching it and especially at the beginning, I was like, 
is this shot on film or is it digital that's meant to look like film? Because as they were going back and forth between a few different shots at the very beginning, like some of the shots looked like they were shot on film. Some of them looked like they were shot on digital. Are you talking about when she was driving in the yeah, car? Yeah, when she's driving in the car. So did you get an answer? I, I, according to the Tribune, uh, according to IMDb, uh, it was all 35 millimeter huh. film. Um, I, I don't know if that's true or not, but like... As it, I think it might have just been because of the rear projection in that car scene. Yeah, yeah after the car scene, it becomes a lot more coherent. Like it, it becomes a lot more consistent. Yeah, rear projection will fuck you up. But time. I mean, like I don't know. I'm used to watch. I, I've watched many of the old movies that this movie is supposedly taking in for, uh, like uh, influence influence from, like a lot of old Hitchcock and stuff like that. Um, Which I also find weird that she like. You know, never mind. I'll, I'll, I'll get back to that thought in a minute. But it doesn't... Um, let's kind of give, like, a five-minute, like, a quick recap. So, it's it's filmed in 35 millimeter. Oh, yeah. Um, allegedly. The, I, allegedly. I still think a lot of those shots looked like they were digital, but then as the movie went on, it looked all like it was the same thing. So, whatever it was, it looked fine. So, she is this, like, 20-something woman. She's lost her husband. Mm-hmm. Um, She's probably killed him. I think it's like it, it is. She, it, she, I don't know if it was intentional, but yeah. Um, so she's moving out of San Francisco to this like town in North, uh, Northern California. Um, so she's like renting a room from another friend of hers in this old Victorian. Um, and she's a witch and she makes like love potions and bath bombs and paints and, and yeah. yeah. Anyway, this bitch is like an Etsy girl, okay? Yeah. Like, she's a fucking Etsy girl. She's Etsy so, before Etsy. Because yeah. I, I, like, I don't know when this movie is supposed to take place, because all the cars are fairly modern, except for hers. 1970X. Um, ni- <laughs> 1970X. Um, but, but there's also... I'm trying to remember, like, there were some, like, really weird things that they mention where it's like, oh, that's not from the time period that they're meant to be aping, but... Yeah. It's very strange. Anyway... So she, um, so she moves to the town. She befriends a local real estate agent lady, like, you know, business lady. Um, and it's just sort of about her series of misadventures trying to find love. And by trying to find love, I mean coercing men into having sex with her um, through potions. And she kills them? Again, not intent, except for... The- Let's not spoil the ending for the people who might want to see it. It is on Amazon Prime, so if you want to go watch it, go watch it and then come back and listen to our conversation. I liked it. Elise, I guess, didn't, but, you know. We'll, I just, I'll talk about why yeah. I liked it in a moment. Go finish. No, I think that's it. Like, I think, okay. like, like it's, it's just a weird series of misadventures and yeah. that eventually culminates in madcapery and murder. So, so this woman drugs people, rapes them, kills them. It's like, not... It's mostly it's consensual. Rape. Yeah, no, it is consensual. It's just so okay. But it's like not really consensual because she, like she, she drugs them with the love potion. And she also, I mean, but like I, I mean, guess she's she, also really hot. She drugs them with the love potion like after they're already kind of ready to go. So like, like especially what's the that, point. Hmm? So, uh, <laughs> the okay. point of the love potion because so, her goal is to get them to fall in love with her. Love her instead like, of just wanting to have sex with her. Okay. Um. Which yeah, girl, you're gonna get that through okay. fancy magic roofies. All right. 
Like, I just... So, I, I want to talk about the reason why I think Elise doesn't like this movie. Okay. Uh, and I'm going to talk about the thing that I think maybe you missed in your first watch through. Oh, God. Okay. Um, so... I have the misogyny um, button on standby. <laughs> It's right. just me going her into the into the <laughs> microphone. So, um, but go on, go on. So okay, so I think so. Elise doesn't like this movie. I enjoyed it. It's not like a perfect movie by any means. It is. Uh, first of all, I'm just going to talk about the technical merits. It is gorgeously shot. Like I said, there's a little bit of weirdness at the beginning where I couldn't tell if it was filmed like if like some of it was shot on digital and some of it was shot on film or if it was all just shot on film. But like once the movie gets going, it like doesn't matter. The shot compositions are all beautiful. The colors all pop. Like the scenes look amazing. Um it is highly sexualized, so if you're not like comfortable with that kind of stuff, but it's like I I don't think Elise was calling it exploitation, and it certainly does seem a lot like those old 60s, like especially 70s kind of sexploitation movies, but I feel like the attitude towards sex is much more nuanced and complicated than it is in those movies. Right, here's the reason why I say that. Okay. Because we're not really supposed to empathize with any of these characters. Well... Not that we're supposed not supposed to empathize with them. None of these characters are completely 100% without flaw. Like, none of these characters we're supposed to fully think are good people, except for the, um, real the real lady. estate woman. Like, she's the only who one who comes completely fucked over. But here's the reason why she gets fucked over and why that matters to this movie. She gets fucked over because, spoiler alert, again, please, Alex, do you want us to spoil it? Do, yeah, do, go ahead. Okay, okay. It. It's fine. Um, so... I think this is worth this movie is worth watching, even if you know what happens in it, just because of the way that it's shot and because it is so unique. It's a very interesting voice in cinema. So if you're interested in movies at all, go watch it. It it is a bit long. It does seem to drag a bit in places. I feel like that's got more to do with the kinds of movie that she's trying to make rather than a knock against the movie. Um, but if you're easily bored, you probably won't enjoy it. But anyway, okay. So spoiler, she ends up sleeping with her friend's husband and he eventually commits suicide um, because of the after effects of the drug that she gives them. All right. Now I'm getting into the point that I think maybe you might not have missed. Cause it's in only like one or two lines. It's a very okay. like minor thing. It kind of comes out over the course of the movie that the main character has been abused basically her entire life. No, I picked up on that. Okay. Verbally, emotionally, physically, possibly sexually as well. There's a little bit of stuff with her ex-husband. There's a bit of stuff with her father is the implication. That, like, her father kind of ridiculed her for being fat and ugly when she was young. Yeah. Um, and so... The, no, I, I totally picked up on that. The point of the movie is that that kind of abuse... It gets more abuse. Begets more problems for people who are completely otherwise innocent like that's kind of the, the message that i get insofar as this movie has a message like we're not we're supposed to feel so like the main character is a tragic figure because she wants love but everyone her entire life including the other characters that maybe we're supposed to feel sorry for have kind of lied to her about what love actually is 
that like love and sex are things that are intrinsically intertwined and that it's a transactional thing that women have to give sex in order to get love. And the fact that all of the men around her die as a result of this is kind of saying in my, the, in my interpretation of the film is saying that that's a fucked up way to think about love. That it should that love and sex should not be transactional like currencies. That they are two different things. See, I feel like so. One of the figures, one of the other male figures that she doesn't sleep with and kill, is this male wizard warlock mm -hmm. dude, and um, who kind of like takes her under her wing, and it's like a very like gross relationship, yeah. and. I, you know, and he, like, very much parrots these ideas that, like, women are supposed to be, like, beautiful yeah. objects and, and domestic goddesses. But, like, I don't know if he's completely, because of things that happen at the end of the film, I don't know if he's supposed to be in a completely unsympathetic light. I, I think he is. Because he's clearly abusing these other characters. Like, he is not painted as a good person. The way that he really because like in the end of the film he is basically like persecuted by the townsfolk and I feel like you're supposed to feel sorry for him. Well, I mean the townsfolk are also shitty for their, for different reasons, but like he is being like he's being manipulative, he's being exploitative, he's being abusive. Like again, there's a there's a moment in this movie where he basically rapes the main character. Yeah. Like, he, and he's another one of these people who is kind of telling her, like, this is what a woman should be. And so, like, she has all of these different expectations foisted upon her by the men in her life that all she wants is love in exchange. Like, all she wants is to actually be loved for who she is. But the fact that she can't get it is tragic, but it is tragic because she has such a warped and twisted view of what love is that she destroys love, both her own and the people in the world around her. That's what I really enjoyed about this movie, is it? it is another movie, it is, it's a movie that's all about how these twisted views of like, society's expectations of women don't just hurt women, like they hurt everybody. And so like, again, the one person that we're meant to actually see as a good person, the real estate agent, starts off the movie like there's an entire exchange between her and the main character where she's like we're we don't have to take care of men we're our own person like we're, like we're our own people yeah and she kind of gets like ridiculed by the main character yes but we're not supposed to agree with the main character <laughs> i i would disagree like i felt like i i felt like the way i don't know maybe i need to rewatch it Re give like, it a rewatch I, I feel like i I feel like I disagree. I felt like the, I felt like we were supposed to be sympathetic and empathetic and we were supposed to like empathize with we're, the main character. We're supposed to feel bad for the main character. We're supposed to like, like feel sorry for her, but we're not supposed to agree with her. Like her worldview is totally fucked for reasons not of her own fault. And again, the movie starts off by telling us that she's un- uh, like, like we can't believe everything she says. The Literally, the first lines of the movie is about how she suffered a psychotic break after the death of her husband. Like, it literally is telling you this woman is crazy. 
And then as it goes hey, on, I, I really, I don't know. I, I don't know if I'm in the right headspace to really discuss this. Okay, and I feel like, fine. and I wish we would have discussed it like two weeks ago when I, when it was kind of fresh in my mind. Cause I feel like I, my, my criticisms of the film. And now that I've like seen so many other things, I feel okay like it's, it's not as fresh in my mind, but I remember like watching it and just having a general sense of like unease and dismay while watching it. Mm-hmm. That was really uncomfortable. Well, it is also and supposed to be like a horror movie. Right. No, no, no. And like that part I get, but it's, it's, it's on a different level mm-hmm. because I, I don't know. So, like, we watched it, and then we immediately watched the... Um, the Brows Held High. The Brows Held High, like, video. And I was watching it with a friend of mine who's also, like, very intelligent woman. Probably smarter than me. But, yeah, no. Yeah, shit, yeah, she's smarter than me. She's a doctor. Um, She is a doctor. And so, like, my friend and I were, like, watching it, and, and then we, like, we couldn't get through the Brows Held High video. Like, we had to, like, cut it off. Um, but, yeah, like, it's... I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I completely, I don't know if I completely agree with your interpretation. Okay. I'd be happy if that is the interpretation, but it kind of frustrated me. I remember when like watching who the woman named as, inspirations. Um, as inspirations. And she was like a lot of Hitchcock and a lot of this. And we were like, and, and sexploitation. Cause it looks like a sexploitation it does, film. It does look like a sexploitation and, and film. And then she was like, well, I mean, how dare you say this about, like, me and my work? And is this how I view women? And I was like, I just, I felt like there was a lot of internalized misogyny in the film. Like, I don't know. It's, I, well, I feel like the, there is internalized misogyny. I'm, I'm sorry to cut you off, Alex. Uh, cause, but I, I feel like there is. I, it, maybe in my interpretation of the movie, the internalized misogyny was was basically the villain of the movie. It was the monster of this horror movie. Yeah. Was the internalized misogyny of the main character. But I don't feel like we're supposed to think that that is the right way to view the world. Like, that's the that's the message that I got from it. Okay. I mean, you both are allowed to have different interpretations yeah. of the same film, and yeah, authorial absolutely. intent doesn't mean shit after that's you guys true see it. That's true too. So you know, you know, whatever you manage to take from it is your opinions and your ideas imposed on what you saw and what you remember of it. But if you want to take another watch of it, and maybe I'll get around to we should, it myself. We should probably watch this. I, I would like to do another deep dive into something. Yeah. I've actually um. I recently picked up uh, the, the Criterion Collection Blu-ray for uh, Mulholland Drive, so maybe we could do a, a double feature of Dangerous Women in California. I'm gonna flip a table. What? That was that was. I'm, I, that was the only link I could think of between those two movies, and I've been wanting to watch Mulholland Drive, and I was hearing people talk about it today. I'm like, God, I should watch that movie again. It's so good. Anyway. Anyway, yeah. So we, we've got plans for the future. Maybe we'll come back to the Love Witch. Maybe we won't. But in the meantime, you know, differing differing opinions. Differing opinions. Yeah, I mean, but I, I I totally see where you're because I was struggling with it through the entire movie myself as like, are we meant to like, what where are we meant to be falling on this? Like, who are we meant to be agreeing with? And the way that I came down on it at the end was that we're not supposed to agree with her because again, there's there it's she's been abused, she has been manipulated particularly by that by the male witch character like the, the leader of that coven yeah who's clearly again like he's he's like that faux feminist bro 
who's like, yeah, I totally respect women. You know, you have your right, you have the right to have sex with whoever you want. Uh, like that guy, he's that guy. I don't think we're supposed to like him. <laughs> he's clearly a scumball. Um, but like all the characters are, they are nuanced. And I don't feel like anyone is completely like, one way or the other because yeah he does have his kind of sympathetic moments too where it's like at the end of the movie where the town kind of turns against all the witches like that's not really his fault and he shouldn't really take the blame for that but on the other hand he is not a good person sort of like how the main character is like yeah we should feel bad for her because all these bad things have happened but like the way that she's kind of processing this and like how to make her life better is completely warped and twisted and that's not her fault per se but like she's causing other people to suffer as a result just like all the men who sleep with her you know they're all they're they're not necessarily bad people um but they have they no, they're 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 kind of shown as being like I would say the Complete, professor. The professor at the beginning, for sure. Um, not the guy that's cheating on the real estate no. agent. And again, like the And the, then and then the other guy, the third guy that she sleeps with, has the, a lot of like you hear a lot of his in uh internal dialogue. Yeah, no, he's totally and he's an a asshole. Shitbag. But on the other hand, he's a shitbag who like is trying to do is like is has like a lot of like also has internal struggles of like especially when he finds out that this woman that he's been with is potentially a murderer and like since he's a police officer like what does he do about that like he's he's not completely irredeemable like there's a lot of irredeemable things about him but he is kind of like no one in this care in this movie is really a caricature which is really surprising because like the acting is all is intentionally very stilted um it's like it's there's a whole lot of artifice to this movie but the characters are all really interesting and I feel like maybe that's what it was, is that it, because it wasn't like super heavy handed and kind of leaves it open to how you're interpreting it. Like it doesn't beat you over the head with a message. Maybe. I don't know. I kind of want to give it another watch. Cause it was like, I, I struggled with understanding what I was supposed to be getting out of it through most of the movie. Like it was one of those movies where I like, I, I was like, oh, I can't actually just be on my phone and like scrolling through Facebook at the same time. Like I have yeah. to actually be paying attention to this if I'm going to talk about it. Cause it doesn't like, it wasn't like alien covenant where it's like the theme is about man's search for understanding. It is about man's relationship with God and man's relationship with the universe. Like it wasn't doing that. It was very, I don't know, nuanced. I suppose, which is weird because of how like, like cheesy it was. I don't know. Maybe I, I don't. I don't know. I, I feel like maybe give it another watch. Maybe we'll all three give another watch, and then we can come back to this topic at another time. How's that sound? That sounds good. What do you think? Um, uh, I don't know. What do you think, Elise? Because yeah. like maybe watching again, maybe maybe your opinions will be returned yeah. to you after it's so long of having not watched it yeah uh and you'll be able I feel to have like i had like i had like things to say the last time and then you guys were like no like we gotta wait and it's like and now i'm gonna like i don't i don't remember what i was gonna say about it other than like i remember not liking it well let's watch it again so you can not like it again okay awesome i'm done yeah for that. So excited. <laughs> i'm done for that um so what else have we been doing 
Uh, I don't know. We've played Persona 5. That game has been really good. I haven't gotten far in it, but it's really good. It's, yeah, no, it's pretty good. Um... Also, dealing with uh, internalized misogyny as the monster. Uh... Or at least the parts that we've gotten through so far. That's not... So, internalized misogyny, I feel like I had to make, like, a... Internalized misogyny is, like, what women feel oh, when yeah, women hate that's, themselves that's, that's for, for, um, for being women or they make some sort of differentiation. Like, this is, like, you know, Gone Girl's the cool girl mm. or this is, like, that whole archetype. Sorry. Anytime you've heard a girl say, like, I hang out with boys because there's less drama. Mm. Like, that is the encapsulation of internalized misogyny. I just meant, I meant misogyny in general. Um, and also the internal... Well, working I'm, some I'm, people. I'm I'm talking about I'm I'm talking to the viewers at home. No, Nick, that's fine. Um, versus misogyny, which is which is the hatred of women. Yeah. Um, and Persona Five, at least the first story arc, definitely falls into the latter yeah. of those two camps. Like Takamaki does not hate herself. That's true. Um, well, she hates herself, but for different. She reasons. hates herself for 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 reasons of and relating to the misogyny. Yeah. 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 Um. That game's really fucking good. No, it's it's definitely good. Um, I recommend. It, neither one of us is like really far in enough no, in, we're, in, we're in still it to in give any sort of like opinion. But yeah, other than to say it's it's good. We'll, we'll probably talk more about that in is, the next episode. Is it a game you think I would enjoy? Yes. Okay. Um, but it is only for PlayStation. So. Mm. But it is. Are you are you familiar with the place uh, the uh, Persona games at all, Alex? Vaguely, I think okay. you've told me about them before. So, so the Persona games are they, they are JRPGs. Mm-hmm. Um, they are set in modern Japan. Uh, all the main characters are high school students, and the basic premise is these high school students have a thing where they can access another world. So depending on the game, it's it's something different. So in Persona 5, the other world is the hearts of other people around them. Like basically hearts that have become corrupted by desire. Mm. And so the premise of uh, this game, the main conflict, is that the main characters become thieves who break into the palaces of these people. So the first story arc, the, the palace is uh, the school itself which in the mind of one of the teachers is his castle and he can get away with whatever he wants. Cause he is the, the star coach of the volleyball team mm. and the volleyball team has been doing great under him. And so basically he can get away with whatever he abuses the, the students on the team. Um, he attempts to sleep with students, things like that. Um, and no one's going to fire him because I think they say he's like a, a former Olympian and like that's why it's such a big deal that they're coach that he's coaching one of their teams. Mm. Um, so they basically just like the parents know, the other teachers know, the principal knows. Like no one's gonna like fucking do anything about it. Um, so they are breaking into the, the main characters are breaking into his palace uh, to steal his desire and basically make him repent of all of the evil shit he's been doing. Um, and the characters also the reason why the game is called Persona. So all the characters also have a spirit that is bound to them that is related to one of the major arcana of the um, tarot. of the tarot. So they have like kind of each one is based off of their personality. Like what are they able to do? Um, like what kind of person are they? 
that gives them their persona and so you know their persona might be of the chariot arcana or the lovers arcana based on who they are as an individual so the main character since they're the main character in a jrpg is kind of a blank slate for the character so you can use all the personas you just have to be able to capture them mm. and the way you do that is it through battle um there's a state you can get a monster to where you can have a conversation with them and if they think that you have a kindred spirit to them they'll join you in your in your cause mm. um but the game is also like so that's like the the, the rpg part of it but it's also kind of like a, a little bit like a an interactive novel sort of thing where you know you're having conversations with people and as, as the games open up it's like oh it's saturday what do you want to do do you going to want to go to the movies with this character should you study for that big test should you, you should uh, always study for the big test should you um go to the bookstore and talk to the old couple who run it so all of the characters are potential confidants mm. and building relationships with confidants makes you stronger in certain arcana so like different characters are since they are different so in, in an earlier one like a, the the example of the old couple who runs the bookstore is i can't remember who they were they might have been like the the magicians or the hermits or something like that um so like you you talk to them and it makes you bet use it better at using those persona that sort of thing gotcha, gotcha. um so you kind of have to balance like who do I want to spend time with today? Plus, again, you also still have to do well in school, that sort of a thing. So it's a it's one of those huge story kind of RPGs. It's they're really really good. Um, I've only played two of those games so far. I played three and I played five, and I did not get terribly far in three. I think because the last time I played it, I also got like super sick, mm. and so it was one of those like you know you play it and it like triggers a sense memory of the last time you played it and so i just don't want to get back into that headspace again but i'll probably get back into it after i've, I've played through five okay. a bit more and you've been playing along or yeah no i've been so i actually started uh nick had to bring some work over home over the weekend um and so kind of my options were to like sit like if i wanted to hang out with him i had to like sit on the couch and do something and so i've been wanting to play a persona game for a while um you know because it's it's like big in the anime community. It's, um, it's an interesting game. It's an interesting concept. So I've been wanting to like play one for a while, and um, and so I went ahead and started playing it. Um, so right now I'm still we're still both in the middle of the first arc. Okay. Yeah. So we'll probably have more to say about that next time we record. Sounds good. Sounds good. Other than that, I mean, we've been keeping up with the animes that I was watching last time. Um, Megalobox still continues to be really excellent. And if if you are not on board with it yet, you need to get there. Because mm. I'm, I'm sure this show is going to start blowing up. Like, it is really good. Mm. Um, and I figured out the reason why I think I like it so much, even though I usually don't give a shit about sports, sports animes especially. Uh is because it's basically the entire show feels like like an like a filler episode of Cowboy Bebop. Mm. Like it feels like you're watching the precursor to like and then at the end Spike shows up and like has to like take this guy in. Because it is like seedy underbelly as the show goes on you find out the reason why the guy's manager has been making him throw all these fights in this middle of nowhere place is because he owes a whole shitload of money to the yakuza 
And so, like, that's... Ahoy is the Yakuza. And so, like, that kind of becomes the thing. And so he... It's never the triads. It's always the Yakuza. So he refuses... <laughs> I, I think actually, a cooler name. I'm pretty sure, actually, in Cowboy Bebop, I think it is the, the triad. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the main plot. It's been a while since I watched it, but I'm pretty sure it is. Um, but yeah, so it, it turns out that like that's the reason why he was having him do that, and so he refused to throw the fight. And now, like, that's their only option is like, oh, we need to go to Megalomania, and and win. Um, is Megalomania coming at you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So it's like the big tournament that's uh-huh. coming up. Like it's sponsored by this huge corporation, and there's this really big prize. Uh, or Mega, excuse me, Megalonia is what it's called. <laughs> I was say, no, like, but Megalomania because I mean Megalo Megalobox. Yeah. I mean, so Megalomania would also make sense. But yeah, so like that's that's what's going on. Is he's like, basically the Yakuza was about like, well, you could just take out one of your eyes. I guess that will show us that you feel sorry for this. And so like the the manager is like what if you won Megalonia and we paid you back that way? So, like, that's their plan now. And I don't want to spoil too much about what's going on, but there's one part in one of the more recent episodes where it's like, oh, we got the thing. We got the thing that's going to make you better at the sport. And then it completely flips around and they're like, no, fuck that. We're not doing that trope. It is like they destroy that trope so thoroughly. And, like... I think the most recent one that I watched was episode four and they just are like, here's what's happening now. Here's the gimmick go. And it is such a good gimmick. (laughs) It's so interesting. I really want to see where they go from it with it. Um, I can't imagine how long this series is going to be because they're already like about to be qualified to enter the, the actual tournament. So who knows? I don't know. But yeah, they, they basically like over the course of two episodes went from we're nobodies fighting in this little shithole like illegal boxing ring to now we're contenders for the biggest international tournament. No, okay. Like we're getting we're getting big press. Big press, big money. Um Do do they cut like like wrestling promos or, or are they all just serious and it's very it's 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 very serious like okay. i said it it feels like if you ever watched cowboy bebop yeah it feels like an episode, an episode of, of cowboy bebop like okay. this is the background of one of the characters that they have to like that they get a bounty on yeah 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 yeah. like this is exactly what this feels like including terms of like animation which i found out the um they they animate it digitally but then they intentionally downscale it so it looks grainier. Mm. So it looks more like 90s anime. Okay. <laughs> so it's like, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> oh, cool. Um, it's a nice little touch. I, I Like I said, I will have to, to check that out. And I will eventually get around to it. I have and, it on my queued list on yeah, Crunchyroll. It's good. It's, I, I yeah. would recommend getting into it sooner rather than later so that we can talk about it on the show. Of course. Of course. Um, but... That and uh, Legend of the Galactic Heroes. I yes. saw the, the last free episode of that this week. That continues to be awesome. Yeah. I can't wait to see how this battle goes down in the next episode that I'm sure you've watched already. Okay. Um, the next episode is part one of a two-part episode. Yeah. So it doesn't quite go down yet. Yeah, but so. that's, that's fine. But we'll, we'll go to talk about it next time. But I'm... the... But now that it's spending a bit more time on the Alliance character... Yeah, no, now I totally see what Wooly was talking about when he, yeah. was, when he said, like, oh, yeah, it's totally corrupt. It's like, oh, fuck, they're ultra-nationalists. <laughs> <laughs> Which I was getting confused by. It's like, okay, there's only two nations, Yeah. first of all. 
There's one that's nominally a democracy and one that's an authoritarian dictatorship. So how are you national, like, like extreme nationalist for the dem democratic side? Because it's our that? democracy. I know, it's but them. it's like, it's not a democracy if there's dissenting views. <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, I recognize that there is not really a whole lot of eternal logic in the mindset of like fascists and like ultra nationalists and people like that. But what? <laughs> Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. There are literally two nations. Yes. Ever. Yes. <laughs> Only two mm -hmm. for the last several hundred years. And your side is the side of democracy and, like, voting. And it's like, okay, yeah, we get to speak our minds. And so, like, you get angry at people for speaking their minds. I don't understand. I mean, these these two nations have been at war with for, each other for hundreds, for of, hundreds years. of years. Yeah, I know. They've and always been at war with East they've Asia. They've always been at war with East Asia, and the war with Eurasia will continue forever. Mm -hmm. um, and so the the idea that you know, you know, this happens in democratic countries. It does. Usually, when a coup happens, sponsored by the CIA. Yeah. But. It happens in countries that are nominally democratic, and right. an authoritarian will take over in the name of democracy. Right, right. It, it, they don't have to make logic. No, I know. It just I has know. to be opposed to it, an external force it, that it, they can point the enemy at. I know, but it's literally the only other force that you have to be. Like, I, I guess it would be one thing if maybe it makes sense. I don't know. It just it was a little bit strange that it was like, yes, the main difference between us and our enemies is that we love democracy. So fuck you if no, you don't agree with us. The main difference between us and our enemies is that they have a different fashion sense. Yeah. <laughs> In fairness, the Imperials do have the better fashion sense. I like, don't know. I do dig those jackets. That the the, the jackets are pretty cool, but yeah. I, I don't know. I like the I like the trim. Like the 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 black and gray is very nice, and like the the capes. I like the capes. No I capes. Know. No, never any capes. Capes are too. Yeah. But the um. Self-driving cars. Self-driving self 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 cars. Car. The self-driving car chase scene was actually pretty cool. Yeah. I liked that part a lot. Um, I, I continue to like uh, Yang as a character. He's like, he's really interesting. Yeah. And like extremely like nuanced. Super laid back, but yeah. also, you know. But also like a military genius, but yeah. hates fighting. Yes. Like he's the fucking best. Like I, like, like in this next episode that happens, I, I, I I'll just. If I may say one thing about what yeah, happened. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. He's, like, trying to convince someone to, to join him in one of his schemes. Like, he's yeah. got a plan to, to take out, you know, like, what they want him to do, the fortress. Yeah, yeah. And he needs to convince someone to, to help him out in a way. And I won't spoil what that is. But basically, the guy asks him, what do you want to, what do you think about getting out of this? Are you, are you trying to get promoted? Do you want to get, you know, all this, that, and the other thing? And he's like, no, promoted, probably not. After this, I'll probably retire. Yeah. <laughs> And he's like, what? Why? It's like, well, if we take this fortress, then there'll be an equilibrium in the war, and we can negotiate peace, and there can be peace for a time. He's like, what, you mean not like peace forever? No, for a time. There's never been peace forever in the entire history of humanity, but, you know, 20 years or so, that'd be nice. It's such a smart show. Yeah. Like, I, I, I don't know. It, it doesn't... I feel kind of weird talking about it. Because on the one hand, it's like, yeah, it's just this regular, like, regular space opera. And it is. But it's incredibly smart. And, yeah. like, the politics of it is very nuanced. It's it's almost Game of Thrones. 
sort of with with like less i don't know there's i would i wouldn't say without the soap opera elements but like because there certainly is like soap opera bullshit in this which i enjoy as well i guess that's what it is is it just kind of does a human story Mm -hmm. in a very space opera setting and makes all of the characters extremely believable. It does two human stories. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's what I'm saying, is that all of these... Like, again, none of these characters are, like, written as stereotypes. Mm-hmm. Like, even the ones that in other shows would be, like, oh, yeah, the goofy kid sidekick, like, is actually a very nuanced character and, like, very different from his caretaker. Mm-hmm. And, like, they clash on things and they disagree, like... Oh yeah, I want to go into the military after this. We should talk about my future. No, you probably shouldn't go into the military. I can pay off your debt. It's fine. Like that was really I liked that yeah, scene yeah, between yeah. them. I was like, don't feel the need to join the military. But you're in the military. It's like, yeah, but fathers don't like sons don't have to follow in the steps of their fathers. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I find it it's it's just a really yeah. interesting And it's like they established that that's the norm in this society yeah, is yeah, that there's yeah. like a military caste that's formed. Yeah, exactly. And that's probably been the the persuasion of this nationalist movement is this kind of the power of the military caste yes. that is projected into the democracy. Which again kind of makes it interesting that they uh, they fight against a hero of the military now now twice over dubbed hero by the rest of the military yeah you know done two incredible things and yet in his fairly short military career and yet and yet gets you know bombs thrown in his house mm-hmm. oh it's a really really good show mm-hmm. um have you been watching too or have you been she, she caught an episode no. with me there was one episode because i i usually watch it when when elise is out watching shows with friends um, cause I didn't think it would be something she'd be interested in, but you, you watched one episode. Yeah, no, and it's definitely, it's nothing like, I don't feel the need to keep up with it right now, but it's something I would probably binge over, you know, when I've got some time off of work or I, something. I did find out that another streaming service called High Dive, which does not have a free option, has the entire original series on there. Ooh. So I might spend the $5 a month once I'm caught up. Well, like once the new series is done, I might go ahead and, and add that, that one, one just to watch that show okay. and then drop it as soon as it's watched. Okay. But yeah. But yeah. So, you know, just, just updates for you all listening to know where we are and things we've already talked about. Mm-hmm. Uh, I continue to watch that. I also continue to watch Golden Kamoi. I still need to watch that one. Yeah. It's a, um, when I said it's got a thing about food, I, apparently I wasn't lying because like every episode they like go into a recipe Yeah, and they like, they show the detail and they show like, it's like food porn <laughs> for like these traditional dishes. It, it both Ayunu it's, and Japanese it's, dishes. It's a, uh, it's a uh, Studio Ghibli. <laughs> no, it's too violent for Studio Ghibli. Studio Ghibli's done... They did fucking Grave of the Fireflies. Okay, fair. It's not depressing as that. (laughs) Okay. Uh, But it is... They did Princess Mononoke. All right. Mononoke, yeah. That movie's fucking violent, dude. It's pretty violent. Yeah. Anyway, but... Point is, the... um, It still continues to be good. Like, there's nothing nothing more I can say about it other than what I've already said. And you should watch it. All right. I'll I'll put that on the list. Mm -hmm. I still need to get caught up on JoJo. Um, that, that has kind of been put on the back burner for my hero. How about books? Books? I have not been having the chance to read much of books. I've been listening. Oh, I have been listening to a lot of, um, 
a lot of uh, podcasts, though. I've started listening to one called the Magnus Archives, which I have not talked about on the show yet. Have you heard about? Have you not a word? No. Okay. Um, this is kind of up your alley. So the Magnus Archives is a horror anthology podcast with an overarching story. Okay. Um, the basic premise is this is a paranormal research institute in England, um, and the head archivist is recording audio versions of statements okay. that have been taken over the last decade or so because his predecessor was apparently not very good at her job and is not doing a very good job of like organizing all of these things and keeping things up to date. So he's trying to update all the audio logs that they have out of a back catalog of. Gotcha. Um, On like real to real audio and such like well, that. Well, it's, it's supposed to be modern day. Okay. So they try some of these stories... Some of the things that they try to record can't be recorded digitally for, for, for strange for reasons. reasons. Oh, okay. um, and so every once in a while, he has to record something on a cassette tape. Mm. And that's what we're listening to, are the ones that have to be recorded on cassette tape. Okay. Um, and it turns out that some of these stories are related. Ooh. And there kind of gets to be kind of a mystery... Um, and so the archivist starts off the, – the archivist character is really interesting because he starts off as a, as a com- confirmed skeptic. He doesn't believe any of this shit. Like, this is just a job for him. But then as the series goes on, things start to happen. And he starts to experience things as well and becomes paranoid of his coworkers. And it's uh, he thinks that people are lying to him. And there's definitely something that the, the Institute is not telling him. Interesting. Um, Interesting. It's so. really, really solid. Uh, um, what is it called again? Um, the Magnus Archives. The Magnus Archives. Um, so it's kind of H.P. Lovecraft, the, the, the person who – so it is uh, written and usually narrated, although sometimes they'll get, like, guest narrators, and that would be like, oh, yeah, recording this statement directly from the subject – so, like, as things are happening, he'll bring in people to, like, record their own statements. Gotcha. The rest of them are just him reading a written-down statement. Okay. Um, and so he, the, the person who does the narration, the main narrator, is also the person who writes most of the episodes. And so this is kind of his brainchild. And he apparently is based uh, – is very heavily influenced by the works of M.R. James, who was a horror writer, I think, like, late 19th century, early okay. 20th century. Um who wrote a story called Count Magnus, which is where he got the, the, the title from. Okay. So if you're interested in horror anthology, like this one has been really good. I'll have um, to check that out. I'm not caught up on it yet. I, this is one that I definitely recommend listening to from the beginning because as like a lot of these are standalone stories, but then it's like, Oh, Oh, this name I've heard before. Like this person has kind of come back again or, uh, there's like a lot of the same themes and again, it kind of builds into a bigger story. So it, it has more of an impact if you listen from the beginning. Oh, cool. Sounds like, sounds like something I have to listen to while playing video games in the background. Yeah. 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 It's a good, it's a good video game podcast. Um, if you're like playing something, I was listening to a lot of it actually when I, I started listening to it when I was still going through my first playthrough of Bloodborne. That okay. was a good, that was a good match. Cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's, that's what I've been listening to. No, no real books. I haven't had the chance to sit down and read anything recently. Gotcha. Still picking my way slowly through the terror. Um, was listening to the audiobook of Under the Skin recently, but I haven't finished it yet. So. Okay. I've I've just finished a book uh, that is not fiction, so I don't know how, how much it applies here, but it is something I do want to kind of talk about. Okay. 
Um, it's it's a nonfiction, the memoirs of I, I may have mentioned it before. It's called Poyou. Yeah, the the French soldier, World War II, World War One. World War One, yeah. yeah. And I, I just finished it the other day, and I started reading a new book. Um, but Poyou is long. It took me a while because I usually just read at lunch, like on my on when I'm work, I'm on lunch break. I'll yeah. read a section and then I'll put it back for another day. Um, but it does a really good job of showcasing the day to day life of what it was like in the trenches. Yeah, and not like it doesn't focus on like grand movements of armies and the breakthroughs and the battles and like battles for him are the you know the time where you cower and wait while you know fire rains down on you from above and then maybe at some point you're told to go over the top and you're like fuck yeah and what happens more often than not and like like this happens a couple times in in one of the battles is like the the order comes down from the, to go to to advance and like the even like the lieutenants say no no, no we're not they doing say, this they say, fuck no <laughs> no and and so like they he gives he gives accounts of like shit officers like the the one who he's nicknamed the crown prince uh, mm-hmm. named after the German crown prince, um, who is you know, you know, just insane in his inspections of packs and everything has to be top and button up your coat flaps and everything or you're gonna get in jail, and then he talks about other you know you know captains that are pretty cool and just managed to try their best to keep their men alive as much as possible and so it, it gives kind of uh nuanced you know not n- most of the officers are completely incompetent but the few that aren't are list are mentioned as such um and it goes into the the mutiny of uh 1917 uh which he only took part in tangentially but uh, it was one of the more interesting parts of French military history, I think. The the almost revolution that happened in France after the Russian Revolution. All right. I think we're going to have to wrap it up because, like, like we said at the top, uh, we kind of got a late start to our recording and we needed to start have a, an early night tonight. So Okay. Um, so do you want me to go with the webcomic yeah, of the week? Yeah, let's talk about the webcomic of the week, unless at least you, you have, have anything five else. five minutes. All right. <laughs> five minutes. All at right. It's fading fast. So... This webcomic of the week is, I don't know, hopefully I'll be able to finish in five minutes. Uh, this webcomic of the week is a little bit different. It's, so, sometimes when searching for webcomics, you will find what I like to call the transformation comics, which are usually stuff that furries write. Yep. Where it's like, oh, I'm a human that's transformed into a furry thing. Oh, no. Oh, no. How can my life get any, and then it turns out he loves it. And, and, fuck and then him. there's a giant woman. Yeah. Yeah, ninety nine point five percent of that shit is shit, unless it's your jam, in which case enjoy. Yeah, yeah. but it's not my taste. However, there was one that I found that is similar in vain, but not in execution, that is worthy of discussing, and it's called Out of Placers. Um, it's found not at Outer Placers. Out of Placers. It's found at a site called Valsalia.com. But in any case, what differentiates this from all the others is that. It does. It's basically an exercise in world building. It takes it upon itself of creating a fantasy world, and you know, creating a geography, creating a a world that you could conceivably play as like a D and D world, and populating it with species. And then it takes the the trope of this person gets inadvertently transformed into one of these other species. And essentially, it's the the crux of the story is the ruler of the city state that he lives in has commissioned one of the 
uh, scientists of the court or whatever you would want to call them, scholars, to basically have him write down his experiences as this member of this other species because this species is kind of rat-like, you know, scavengers that nobody really can get them to sit still for five minutes. So, like, by being able to explore the psychology of these creatures by someone who was once human. <laughs> and so, it... it's, so it's black like me, but for furries. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but the... Um... But in essence, it, it does a, a good job of kind of trying to stay true with the realism of, like, like, like anatomy. Of, like, what is it like to be this creature with this type of anatomy, and what does it do to your psyche? And so it's kind of an interesting take on it. Uh, it doesn't update very regularly, unfortunately. It's a fairly irregularly updating comic. But it is something that kind of breaks the mold out of that very tropey, very... Let's say it even um, fetishy, fetishist, yeah, fetishy <laughs> uh, type of comic, and it takes that and it actually goes somewhere with it. Okay, so I, it is something that if if that's something that you are interested in exploring a little bit, check it out. It's just you know my suggestion. All right, cool. All, All right. right, then. All right, and there was one thing that I wanted to mention earlier, and I forgot. Uh, we kind of got on another tangent. The post-web comic of the week. Post-web comic of the week comment by me. Um, so in a previous episode, we talked about how if you want to support uh, nerdy culture without supporting uh, shitty uh, things, like, uh, like Lisa knows what I'm talking about, like, uh, like Ready Player One, we suggested, uh, you know, Diaz is... Uh, uh, the brief and wondrous life of Oscar, Oscar Wilde. Wilde. And guess who Gu now sucks? Guess apparently. who now sucks? Guess who else has been accused of uh, sexual assault? You know Diaz. So basically just fuck everybody. Don't don't like anyone. Don't like don't, anything. Don't be a fan of anything. Fuck everything because everyone is terrible. Um, fuck that. I, I'm just... Uh, I'm done. I guess I guess that now makes Ready Player One the less shitty version of Ready Ready Player One. No, no, there's just, there's no shitty version. Every every version is shitty. Which means that hey, that that means that there's a wide open field of Do like. I... So if you're a not shitty human being and you would like to write like a like a meta book about nerd culture, you should fucking go for it. Yeah. So do I still have to read this book now? I mean, oh God, I don't even. I know. mean, that's like okay. This is a discussion. That we need to table yeah. for another time. Okay. Uh, yeah, next next time we will sort out whether or not you can uh, support a good art created by terrible people. We're going to answer that question decisively. I mean, we already we already enjoy H.P. Lovecraft stuff, oh, and he's God, pretty that's shit. True. Okay, so yeah, yeah, there, problem solved. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> so it turns out you can actually enjoy the art of people that you uh, wouldn't always agree with on personal matters. Well, as he's long also as you understand, he's also yeah. dead. That's true. Does that make Which it I any feel, yeah. better? No, or I, worse? I don't know. I feel like that that definitely is a factor. I think when when the victims and the perpetrators are still alive and still actively profiting, then and you're supporting them, I feel like okay. Well, nope, nope. Fuck well, it. We this can deep, a, we'll no, deep dive no, no, no. this later. No. Yeah, this we'll is deep a dive this later. We will discuss this later. Well, we had this all sorted out, and then Elise had to throw nuance into the situation. Yeah. So yeah. I guess we'll we'll leave it open ended. Hey, just like Infinity Wars. Uh, so we thought we came to a resolution, but nope, it's just halfway done. We'll talk to you guys next week. Right. Bye. Good night, everybody. Good night.